You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor Registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and it's great to be back with our brand new two-hour show here uh, in Philadelphia, and um, we're on WABC as well. Um, Not only do we have my weekly interview, but you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors, um, a periodic up close and personal with each one of them, and a brand new segment called Women on the Fly, where we present some rapid-fire questions to our guests, and much more um, new and exciting additions to the show as we take it national. 
With me this evening is Susan Feldman, and Susan is the founder of In the Groove, which is a wonderful lifestyle community that brings resources and inspiration to women between the ages of 45 and 65. And Susan is also the co-founder of Retailer One Kings Lane. Um, she'll be sharing with us how that started uh, a little bit later in life for her, and she'll be with me in just a moment. If you're new to the show, be sure to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our watch team, bringing you news and inspiration from their various industries in health, finance, legal matters, military affairs, technology, marketing, and the nonprofit sector. Uh, by the way, if you happen to be a leader yourself at your company and would like to be a part of our on-air watch team, you can learn more by visiting us at womentowatch.net. And that's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And don't forget to download the podcast and sign up for our newsletter um, by visiting Women to Watch as well. So now I'm very excited and honored to welcome to the show Susan Feldman, again, the founder of In the Groove. Susan, thanks so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. It is great to have you. And I understand you're, you're with us uh, calling from L.A., and uh, a beautiful part of the country. How are you doing with um, everything that's going on there from um, the fires? uh, You know, what part of L.A. are you in? Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, We're in uh, West Hollywood, and so um, we haven't been directly affected by the fires. The smoke has been kind of dicey. Um, It seems to have cleared up. I think the fires are getting better, so... Uh, it's just, you know, one thing after another, 2020. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's certainly testing our, our resilience, all of us, everyone. Right. Um, totally. And I'm proud. I'm proud of us for hanging in there, frankly. Um, yes. Listen, I was reading your a little bit about your story and your background, and one of the things that struck me about uh, your growing up years was the amount of times that you moved around. Um, before the end of high school. And that was about eight times that you did that as a family. Mm-hmm. I had two questions for you on that. First of all, I think that must have been incredibly hard, but at the same time, um, perhaps had an influence on your confidence as a young girl growing up. Can you talk about that? Yeah, totally. Um, so my dad was, um, he wasn't in the army. He was in retail <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> He was working his way up the corporate ladder. There were a lot more uh, companies and department stores and things like that back then. Um, And sort of that was the way to get ahead. So that was what he decided, you know, we moved because of his uh, work and, you know, getting ahead and things like that. But, um, yeah, we moved um, eight times. I went to three different high schools. it was really tough. I think it was a lot tougher than I realized it was until I kind of got to the other side of it. Um, but I think that, you know, with everything, there's good and bad, right? So I think it put a lot of pressure on all of us. But at the end of the day, I think for me, it made me a little bit more resilient and um, probably someone that uh, accepts change a little uh, differently or more open to change than I think a lot of people because I kind of had to do it. I didn't really have a choice, right? So, um, you know, how to go into a new situation um, and, you know, go go at it, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think when we're young 
girls um, and young boys the same. And we're trying to figure it out. And we're growing up and um, figuring out who we are. Did you feel as though you had to reinvent yourself in each new place? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I'm not sure that I thought about it that way. I think as a as a young child growing up, I think it was really about how to how would I you know go someplace and make friends quickly and get accepted and become part of you know what was going on there. Um, and so I, I don't think I ever really thought about it as like reinventing myself because I don't, I don't think I was that clever. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, but I, but I mean, it was, it was like, I think when I think back on each of those moves, how, you know, going to school the first day and trying to figure out, you know, who and how I could connect myself with and, um, you know, get involved in whatever was going on uh, in the school. And, and I, I got to be pretty good at it, I have to say. I mean, you know, I, I can remember moving to, um, we moved to uh St. Louis, and then from St. Louis, we moved to Pittsburgh, and I ended up going to an all-girls school there. And you know, within I mean, the the first year I was there, I became head of you know the student council uh, for the middle school. So you know, I I got to be pretty proficient at you know figuring out how to do that. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with your mom, and and what advice she may have given you growing up that stays with you to this day. Mm. Um, it's, that's interesting. You know, it's so funny because I always talk about my dad because my dad kind of was my mentor. My don't talk about my mom very often. So it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, I think this had to be incredibly challenging for her, right, to pick up and move your family so many times and get them settled and things like that. But I think she was like, you know, really my number one cheerleader. You know, she was always there, you know, sort of, encouraging me and you know being trying to stay positive and if I was feeling a little down well that was okay but you know then pick yourself right back up and get in there and go you know go at it so to speak so I feel like she was just a really you know she was a a a great cheerleader for me along the way and and you mentioned your dad and and obviously you know you share um the same industry your dad was in retail tell me what you learned from him um growing up that perhaps you used in your own career yeah um you know i think my dad was you know kind of a larger than life individual you know a big personality he was um you know, really passionate about everything that he did, which I, you know, I could see that, you know, from very early age. Um, but it's interesting because he went on and I think became such a big role model for me as I watched him later in life because he was a retailer. So I got that. I come by that, you know, honestly from him. Um, but at 65, he had started at Macy's in their training program in New York and um retired at 65 from Macy's. He went from New York and then he ended up in the Macy's, California. And at 65, he retired, but he was so not ready to stop working. And so he took his knowledge. He had been in charge of all the Macy's stores in California. He took that knowledge and went and got <clears throat> excuse me, his commercial real estate license and became a very successful commercial real estate broker. Um, but that wasn't enough that at 78 he went and went back to school and got his MFA um, and became a painter for the last eight years of his life and 
had wow. shows and, you know, exhibited in galleries and was really passionate about, um, you know, that as, as much as he was about his career in retailing. But it was really, I think he was so inspiring because it made me realize, and I, I take this with me every day, how important it is to stay curious and to keep learning and, you know, never, you, you never turn that, that button off, right? But it's something that you just keep, um, you know, uh, going at like, and, and I think today it's so relevant because our world's changing so quickly. So you got to stay up to date, you know. To, yeah, that's to amazing that be, he would be in the game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's amazing that at seventy-eight he would reconnect with that creative side. Is it something he pursued younger and kind of gave up on, and then picked it back um, up, you know, or did you discover it? A little bit of what I would call a weekend warrior painter, you know. So mm-hmm. you know he would take painting classes, you know, I don't know, locally, you know, where we were living every once in a while, but he never really went at it seriously, but he was always really interested in art and collecting art and, you know, he loved meeting artists and things like that, but I think he felt, he must have, you know, I didn't actually really talk to him ever about this, but he he was creative, so he decided to see if he could, you know, do this, and he actually had to go back to undergrad and take classes to put his portfolio together in order to apply to this graduate program, which is a very fine art school in Northern California, was accepted in the MFA program and then, you know, graduated at 80, you know, which was so fun to watch your dad at 80 cap and gown graduate with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think to date he still is the oldest graduate they've ever had at the school. (laughs) Wow. Oh, I love that. And and from what I've read, uh, he also had a fine sense of humor, which you inherited. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which is very was, important, right? In, yeah, in coping. Yeah. Yes, he was a real people person. You know, he was a he was a guy that and he could talk to anybody, and you know, find out anybody's story or what you know their deal was. You know, you got in a cab with him in Manhattan, and by the time you got to where you're going, you knew the person's whole life story. That was, you know, driving the cab. He was just that kind of a individual. Listen, we're going to go into our first break. I'm talking to Susan Feldman, the founder of In the Groove. And stay with us for our Watch Team segment. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Marketing Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn Falconio, Chief Marketing Officer of Publicis Health for Women to Watch Marketing Watch. Last week, I suggested that asking when will things go back to normal is perhaps the wrong question to ask. We're now long past the possibility of returning to anything that resembles the old normal, as the pandemic has forever changed the way we live, work, and play. Instead, we collectively must think about how we can reimagine a new, different future in a post-pandemic world. We've heard the phrase flatten the curve a lot over the past few months to describe the necessary measures to get the spread under control. Now, as some parts of the world have successfully flattened the curve, we are learning how to live under the curve, lives of avoidance and management while we await treatments and a vaccine. Life under the curve means health is at the forefront of our minds and informs how we make decisions. Another way of looking at life under the curve is through the lens of psychology. The pioneering psychologist Abraham Maslow developed the famous hierarchy of needs pyramid to explain human motivation, 
And this tool is often used in marketing to understand what motivates a target audience to make decisions. For marketers, it's essential to understand that regardless of industry or target audience, health and safety, the foundation of Maslow's Pyramid, is now the key motivator behind almost all consumer decision-making. It impacts how we shop, where we go on vacation and how we get there, and how to move forward with education, just among a few key decisions we make every day. We're navigating through uncharted territory, and no one has ever seen this movie before. In the coming weeks, I will unpack how life under the curve plays out across industries, from restaurants to travel and hospitality to the future of retail and e-commerce and beyond. Until next time, I'm Lynn Falconio for Marketing Watch. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Now the women to watch. Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry. And this is Maggie. And we're from Fortis Wealth. If you connect it, protect it. October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and this year's theme is Do Your Part, Be Cyber Smart. At Fortis, cybersecurity awareness is a regular component of the financial education we provide. The line between our online and offline lives has become indistinguishable. New internet-connected devices provide a level of convenience, but they require that we share more information online than ever. We use a variety of networks at home, public Wi-Fi, and our place of work. Some of these networks are well-protected, others not at all. Once your device connects to the Internet, you and it could be vulnerable to all sorts of risks. Think of the applications and information we are accessing, such as bank accounts, social media, online shopping, health and media services, and business applications. We need to know how secure our digital lives are. The best defense is to regularly update each device with the latest security software, web browser, and operating systems. Use the option to enable automatic updates to defend against the latest risks. Here are some other tips. First, shake up your password protocol. One of the most important steps is to change your device's factory security settings from the default password. Create a unique password for each of your devices. Then keep tabs on your apps. Many connected appliances, toys, and devices are supported by a mobile application. Your device could be filled with apps running in the background or using default permissions you never realized you approved and gathering your information without your knowledge while also putting your identity and privacy at risk. Check your app permissions and learn to just say no to privilege requests that don't make sense. Only download apps from trusted vendors and sources. Then properly secure the wireless network you use. For more information on this, view the National Security Agency's Cybersecurity Information page. If you connect, you must protect. Keeping the digital world secure requires all of us to be proactive and diligent. Learn more at staysafeonline.org. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. Peace out. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Welcome back. I'm speaking this evening with Susan Feldman, the uh, original co-founder of One King's Lane. If you're familiar with that, um, uh, I'll say furniture, houseware, uh, home decor, 
uh, brand online and beautiful, beautiful items. And also now the founder of In the Groove, um, which is for women and really um, women, I'll say, who want to defy the rules against age limits and expectations uh, that society has placed on all of us. I love that, Susan, you know, kind of the mission behind it. Um, tell me if there, I want to kind of get to uh, the moment, I want to go back and, and talk about the moment you um, decided to launch One King's Lane. And that, you know, um, that takes a lot of courage to do something like that. How did that come about? Well, I, I, I don't think there was a moment. It was a year, <laughs> a year marinating in my head for sure. Um, but basically, we, we had moved to Los Angeles uh, from New York and moved, bought a house in uh, West Hollywood, which, which is where I am. And, you know, it was really the first time that I had been in a house since I had left my parents' home to go to college because I had always lived in apartments and I lived in Manhattan for the majority of my adult life. So when we moved into this home, I think I went a little crazy. I was, like, so excited to be in a house. Not that our apartment wasn't great in New York, but it's just different being in a home with a yard. And, you know, California, you can entertain almost all year round outdoors. And I just became obsessed with everything about home. You know, it was this thing, like, if I was going to New York on business, I'd buy a El decor instead of L because my whole world was about, you know, home and decorating and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. And it was interesting because this was back in um, 2007, 2008, and online was really, there just wasn't a lot of great, um, I would say, unique uh, shops online at that time. You know, the big the big guys were there, Crate and Barrel and Williams-Sonoma and Restoration Hardware. But if you wanted something that was a little unique and different for your home, sure, I could go shopping in Los Angeles, amazing stores. But online, you know, it just, there just wasn't anything there. And I guess, you know, I feel like at this point, you know, necessity was the mother of invention. And I was like, okay, well, if it's not there, you know, I can make it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so I had this idea because at the time, um, flash sale uh, became very popular. I don't know if people remember that, but it's, you know, basically like sample sale online. So it was, you know, limited amount of inventory for a limited amount of time. And every day there would be new sales. And at the time it was just, you know, be happening in uh, apparel, uh, which was the business that I was in at the time. I was in the fashion business for, you know, many years, 20-something years. And I was fascinated by this model because it seemed to have such momentum and energy. And as a brand I, that I was working for, we did one of these flash sales and sold tons of T-shirts in 24 hours. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. Maybe I could do the same thing at home and, you know, have really interesting product. Uh, that was kind of different but very much coveted by people. And so I thought about this for really a year because I had, you know, I thought it would seem like a good idea, um, but it also was the time of the recession. So this was happening in 2008 when I was thinking about this. And finally I got to kind of a crossroads in my career. I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing that much, and I was, couldn't quite figure out what to do. And Bob, my husband, who's incredibly supportive and has been all along, said, well, listen, if this is something that you really believe in and think you can do it, then, you know, what, what's, what are you going to lose if you, you know, if you try it? Like, what's the worst that could happen? 
I was like, hmm, that's a good question. What is the worst could happen? It won't work. Right. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was it. So yeah. um, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. And, you know, I think for people that start business and entrepreneurs, when you when that button clicks and you say, okay, I'm going to do it, like the blinders go on and you just go at it. You know, you're kind of full force ahead. And, you know, of course you meet a million naysayers along the way. But um, we did it, and I, I had a business partner, Allie Pincus, that's a whole other story, who um, we formed our company in November 2008, you know, also very much the height of the recession. We bootstrapped the company, the two of us, and we launched One Kings Lane March 2009. So we made this happen very fast. Mm, right. um, and, you know, from the day we, you know, uh, launch. It was just, it was like we let a genie out of the bottle. It was, you know, wild. (laughs) What did you do first, Susan? In other words, um, Mm. when you start a company like that, you, you know, you, you have to focus on everything from what's our logo going to be, you know, what is the name of the company to where are we going to get the furniture to the fun, all of that. Yeah. What did you do first? Yeah, there were, there were kind of four things that we said we needed to do. We needed to create the brand. Uh, we needed to get people signed up so we'd have somebody to talk to when we decided to launch. We needed to um, work and find people to sell to us, you know, get the product, mm-hmm. and then build the website, right? So those were sort of the four things that we had to do. But the first thing that we did was we worked on the brand because right. by doing that, uh we were so clear, you know, we were making millions of decisions, like hundreds of decisions every day. Yes, no, yes, no, that's right, that's not right. And I think by establishing who we were, what One King's Lane was going to be, who, you know, who we wanted it to speak to, what we wanted to stand for, it made it so much easier to make those decisions along the way. You know, maybe we would see something um, even in designing the website, we're like, oh, I kind of like that. And we're like, eh, you know what? It's not really on brand. Nope, that's not right. Like, let's, you know, let's redo that, figure something out. But I think having clarity around what our brand was and who we were and what it stood for just made moving uh, much easier and we were able to move very quickly. Were you concerned that it, it, as you mentioned, it was, you know, during the height of the recession and it's a high end home decor brand right so that's that's a risk i don't know we must have been crazy because i don't think we ever had that conversation (laughs) (laughs) you said if we we build it they will come what we were doing that we just were like everyone it's gonna be great you know it's gonna gonna be (laughs) uh, and you know what the funny thing was there was definitely something happening like in the zeitgeist that i don't even think we were fully aware of but like what was happening to me becoming obsessed with my home and you know, um, being so passionate about it. I think it was happening to so many other people at the time. I think the recession played into that, right? Because, like, people couldn't go out, so they had to stay home, entertain more in their homes. They wanted to make their homes nicer, you know? Yes, um, yes. Social media was just starting, so people wanted to show their homes and wanted to show them beautiful. It was just, like, really, like, a perfect storm of things happening. And so when we did launch, it was like, oh, my gosh, there are a lot of people that feel the same way we do, you know, a lot more than we actually thought there would be. I mean, we thought there would be people, but I think there were a lot more than we had ever anticipated. And tell me that where'd the name come from, One King's Lane? 
Well, so when I, I had had this idea, and I, the working title was like something like, you know, uh, that involved an address. Like I wanted it to be an address. I wanted it to sound like you were going to some, some destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Allie, who's my business partner, and I, we just kept, you know, iterating on names. I mean, even back then in 2008, you know, securing URLs was pretty challenging, but we came up with One King's Lane, and we both loved it. And it was a funny, quick story, but... Um, Allie knew somebody who had been very successful online, had sold, you know, a couple of very large companies. And she said, you know, if you want, I'll ask him what he thinks of the name. And I said, well, that would be great. And we loved it. It was easy to spell. It was easy to say. You could understand what it was. So she asked him and she comes back and she said, I have really bad news for you. And I'm like, he thinks it's like the worst name ever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, he thinks it should be like a made-up name. It should be four letters. It's too long. And and he just had like a bunch of reasons why he thought it was not right. And I said, really? And, you know, we kind of both sort of took a moment. And I said, but we both love it. Let's go with it. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, he was a guy. I mean, I'm not blaming him that he was a guy. But I don't think he was – his head was where our head was in terms of the brand and what we were trying to create, you know. And and to this day, people are like, oh, I love the name. You know, it's great. And it's just – it was – I think it was the right move to stick with One King's Line. You know what? I think that's a great lesson in, in, in going with your gut. And, um, yeah. You know, so often we look to others to to either validate or or have them make a decision for us when really we know what it is. Yeah, I mean, especially, I think, especially listen, I think women. There's a balance there, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is somebody that you know. I wish I had been like you know, ten percent as successful as he's been in his career. I mean, you know, just super, super, super star. But I think what we were doing is something that was kind of not that familiar to him and something that he didn't necessarily relate to. So I think you have to find that balance. And I do think at the end of the day, I mean, one of the things I learned through my journey at One King's Land is it is really, especially as a founder, it is really important to listen to your gut, you know, and your, you know, what your instincts are. And I think in this, this is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking to Susan Feldman, uh, the founder of In the Groove and also the co-founder of One King's Lane, um, which we've been talking about. Susan, I want to share a quote um, that you said. You said, I grew up trying so hard to please everyone. I want to know, did you, have you stopped doing that? And, and when did you? When did you stop doing that? Yeah, that, that's a great. That's, that's so funny. I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, yes, I did. And I think, you know, we were talking about what happened moving earlier. Um, I mean, this is part of, I think, where that came from, right? Like you're moving, you're, you know, putting yourself in a new situation on a pretty regular basis. You know, pleasing people is one way to, you know, work your way into the, to the, um, the group, you know, so to speak. So I think, I think it's, it was only really recently that I've learned to really say no. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it means saying like, no, that doesn't really work for me uh, right now. But it took me a really long time to figure that out. Um, I think uh, it was something that did not come easily. And I think, you know, with experience and age, I've come to you know understand that it is okay to say to somebody you know no i can't do that or Mm. that doesn't really work for me or sorry i don't have time for that Uh, right and that's okay 
Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think you're right. That does, it, that definitely comes with age. I see it with all of my women friends. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of the questions I had for you because of the work that you're doing today is mm-hmm. what surprises you most about women as we age? So in all of your interactions with um, your members now and, and, and events that you have, is there something that has kind of surprised you? Mm. Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I mean, women are kind of unbelievable and pretty resilient, right? So um, I think that I haven't really been surprised by uh how engaged they are. I might be be surprised, and maybe this is kind of what we're talking about, about saying no, is that they're they're pretty honest, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which is, is a good thing. So if they see something they don't like or something upsets them, they, they certainly let us know. Well, you know, and that's something I think we're, we're seeing with the younger generation. I know mm-hmm. you have daughters and I, and, and I have a daughter. And I think right. what's, what's really a positive about the times that we're living in is their ability to, uh, say no, number one. Yeah. Right. 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 And, right? Yeah, and, totally. and speak up and, and, and use their voice, which is wonderful. Um, we're going to go into our next break. Stay with us for our watch team. And I'll be back with Susan Feldman, the founder of In the Groove. Now the women to watch military watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, senior vice president of military and veteran affairs at Comcast NBC universal. And today I'd like to talk about the second oldest branch of the U.S. military, a branch whose founding is older than the United States. And I'm talking about the U.S. Navy, which is celebrating its 245th birthday on this upcoming Tuesday. On October 13, 1775, the Continental Congress passed a resolution to form the Continental Navy, which consisted of a modest purchase of just two vessels, which were to be armed and whose mission was to disrupt British supply ships. From these humble beginnings, today's U.S. Navy has the most personnel with over 430,000 active duty and reserve sailors and the second largest fleet of any other naval force in the world. In addition to naval forces, the U.S. Marine Corps falls under the administration of the Department of the Navy, and its maritime partner, the U.S. Coast Guard, can also fall under the Navy, making the United States Navy an incredibly dynamic and agile force. And did you know that most Navy careers begin nowhere near an ocean? Every enlisted sailor attends recruit training or boot camp at Naval Station Great Lakes, which is an hour drive north of Chicago. Despite advancements in air and space technology, the sea remains critical terrain for our national security, and one-third of the U.S. Navy remains at sea around the world at all times. From delivering troops to the battlefield, to securing trade routes, to rendering aid to areas ravaged by natural disasters, the U.S. Navy is our country's global sentinel, operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So I'd like to wish every Navy veteran, every service member, and family member a happy 245th Navy birthday. And to learn more about the U.S. Navy's journey of being forged at sea, go to history.navy.mil. Now the women to watch, Nonprofit Watch. 
Good evening, Women to Watch listeners. I'm Dr. Owens, Managing Director of Financial Empowerment at the United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about a subject that was broached last week when Jeff Brown joined me during the Nonprofit Watch. I'd like to elaborate a little bit more on the importance of nonprofits identifying alternative paths to fundraising and rethinking their strategy on how they raise and spend money. During these challenging times, many corporations and organizations within the nonprofit community have been forced to make some tough decisions, whether that's concerning staff reductions or direct service supports to the community. It goes without saying, many of these organizations do some extraordinary work in transforming and building community. But I want to stress to my nonprofit community that this is a time more than ever to invest in advancing your technology and examine how your organization can use its resources to directly impact its community members and being able to clearly articulate that impact. Additionally, you should also rethink the flexibility of work. Many corporations have already began to rethink the office structure. And if the nonprofit sector desires to attract top talent, it will need to consider some of the strategies of our corporate friends. With this said, the nonprofit sector must move to become more flexible, innovative, and nimble in its approaches so it can continue to do the great work it has always done in building lives and transforming communities. And until next time, I'm Dr. Owens, your Nonprofit Watch. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And now here's an update from one of our past guests, Carolyn King Richmond. Good morning. I am the president and CEO and co-founder of Microsociety International in Philadelphia. At Microsociety, we believe that if we want children to be ready to run the world, we need to give them a world to run. And that's exactly what we do at Microsociety, a program designed to have children create and manage a city of their own inside school. For one period a day, Students take on the roles of people who work, live, and manage a city and apply their classroom curriculum to solve the complex problems that communities face and rise inside their own societies. With the pandemic, we've been working to move the hands-on experience online while challenging the students to reflect on the lessons learned during COVID, including the economic fallout and the fight for equality in order to create better societies. A newly added campaign of storytelling involves adventures with Jada. Jada is a seventh grader who interviews young female activists from around the world, and the idea for the series came to us from my very own experience with Susan Rocco at Women to Watch. Jada's first interview was with Danielle Gaithers the very first black female student body president at MIT, the top-ranked school in the world. Thank you, Susan, for helping to bring the stories of women alive. At Microsociety, we plan to do the same for girls. Thanks for the update, Carolyn. It's great to hear Microsociety is able to continue its hands-on education for children. 
Touch with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, heard weekly on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, is sponsored by Jefferson Health, home of the Sydney Kimmel Medical College and the Sydney Kimmel Cancer Center. With over 25 years of experience in the field of gastroenterology, Dr. Marianne Ritchie is an associate professor at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, a noted teacher, author, and speaker in women's health care, as well as cancer prevention. Health Watch with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, proudly sponsored by Jefferson Health. When deciding where to spend your college years, seek nothing less than the guidance to blaze your own path. As the caring speech therapist, standout journalist, or transformational CEO of your generation, at LaSalle University, you'll find nothing less than an education nationally recognized for its value and a community where explorers are never lost. Discover your possibilities at neverlost.lasalle.edu. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Welcome back for the second hour of the show. I'm Sue Rocco and having a really wonderful conversation this evening with Susan Feldman, the founder of In the Groove. And again, it's a it's a lifestyle brand and community really for women who want to um, defy the rules and age limits that society has uh, put together for us. And um, really, it provides some wonderful resources and inspiration and content. Um, and we're going to be getting into that. Um, Susan, I, um, I wanted to start off the second hour with kind of having you talk about the inspiration for In the Groove. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if there was a moment where or an experience you had where you said, wait a minute. Now, just as you did with, you know, one King's Lane yeah. in, right, yeah. in building something where you said, I need to do something about ageism. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, there totally was. And again, I, I believe that this came out of, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. But um, 
I saw a friend of mine that I had gone to Stanford with post a picture on Facebook with three girlfriends. It was somebody's birthday, and the hashtag was hashtag at 50 were not invisible. And I thought, oh, I think they think that's funny, but I don't think that's really funny at all. <laughs> um, and, and it made me start thinking, and then I started talking to friends and you know colleagues and that are in this demographic, and the word invisible came up in every single conversation. And I was like, wait, this is crazy. What's going on? Like, wh- who's speaking? Who's serving us? Who's, you know, uh, talking to us? Who's providing information for us digitally? And so when I went and started researching this, I really couldn't find, you know, a place that I wanted to hang out um, online. I didn't find anybody had created a kind of a go-to brand for this demographic but the thing that was kind of amazing is then I started digging into the, you know, the, to the demographic and who, you know, what, what they represented. So it's a huge demographic growing. It's second biggest to millennials. Um, but the kicker is that we own, um, I don't know, something like 80% of the wealth in this country. And the women are what I would call super consumers. So they spend and shop 250% more than any other demographic. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. And nobody's talking to us. We're underserved. Like, okay, this is. There's got to be an opportunity here. Somebody needs to do something about this. Like, we're just too, we're too fantastic. You know, too important. For, there yeah. needs to be a place that speaks our language and understands kind of where our heads at and what we're looking for. And honestly, just helps navigate kind of the second half of you know where we're going and there just wasn't anything out there like that so we launched almost two years ago um the url is actually getinthegroove.com just in case anyone's wanting to check it out sign up for Uh our newsletter um and um it's been fantastic and it's been a, a really uh rewarding and great journey so far and excited about what's to come so again, uh, the same question as before, what is the first thing that you did? Because this is, you know, this is building an online platform. It's a community, right? right? It's different from product that you sold before. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, I have to say it was a little harder the second time than it was the first time. Um, I think one, we had just sold one Kingsland, and I think in all fairness, I probably should have given myself a little break, but I kind of went right into this. Um, I think you need to reset at a certain point in time. Uh, and I think I knew too much, which is also dangerous. I think, you know, with One King's Lane, we didn't know anything, and we just went and figured everything out along the way. You know, having had a successful company and having built One King's Lane, I just kind of kept second-guessing myself, which was kind of interesting. But, again, the first thing that I did was create the brand because I, I just knew that that had been so helpful uh, when we started One King's Lane. So creating, you know, what the the Get in the Groove brand was, who she was, what she looked like, what she didn't look like, what she liked, what she didn't like, you know, sort of understanding all the ins and out of that so that as we, you know, started, we'd understand the kind of um, uh, content that we would want to post, the kind of products that we would want to, you know, uh, curate for her, all that kind of stuff. So that, again, was really the first thing that I did. So, you know, one of the most important things always in starting a company is figuring out how you're going to monetize it. So tell me, yeah, tell me about the business model. Um, So when we started, it was interesting. It was going to be a combination of sponsorships and um, 
what's called affiliate sales. And the sponsorship, um, I would say, model changed pretty dramatically kind of as we were launching the business. So I doubled down on the affiliate side of the business. So basically our site is we have great content, but it's a lot of products that we curate, and we do get paid a commission for um, – you know, by the if somebody goes and buys something at one of those sites, we get a small commission uh, from that 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 company. So, like if you see a J, J. Crew cashmere sweater that you love and you click out to J. Crew and you buy it, we get paid a commission on it. Okay, and and um, the p- women who come to the site, they don't have to pay a membership fee. No, it's free, all free. Yeah. The more yeah. the merrier. Everybody, bring your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a party. It's our party. We can do what we want. You know, it's like kind of our our motto. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what what your vision is for in the group. When you think about it, you know, what is the the vision where you hope women will really take something uh, inspirational away from? There's a a couple of things. One, so my feeling is that women have this feeling of, you know, feeling invisible, because they're not able to, part of it is because they are not able to participate in the conversation. You know, we live in a world where if you're not staying up to date, it's really hard to understand what's going on, whether it's, you know, technology or just things that are happening out there. Um, And I think what happens is using 50 and menopause kind of as these markers, that these are kind of challenging times, I think, for women. Uh, there's a lot that's happening physically. I think emotionally at this point in your life, you're, if you have kids, a lot of times you're becoming an empty nester. Um, I think, you know, you're re- trying to reconnect with your partner of probably many years. I think if you're working, you may be facing getting, you know, aged out. And so I think you sort of check out sometimes, and as you check out, you sort of, you know, lose uh, track of what's going on. So our goal really is to try to keep her informed, give her better information, keep her, as we would say, in the groove uh, so that she can be part of the conversation. She doesn't feel invisible. But I think the bigger, you know, goal, that mission that I have is that, uh, you know, just like so many other isms that are being addressed right now, ageism is a really big problem in this country. And I hope that in a small way, by talking about this and putting forward um, a site where women, you know, let's just say 45 and older, don't look like they look in advertising today, which is old and decrepit and terrible, um, that we can start to change that conversation around ageism and, you know, and do something about it because uh, it's it needs to be addressed. I agree. I agree, and I and I think we are seeing more um, <clears throat> visuals and conversations around the fact that you know actually as we age we be we have more to offer right because we've totally. we have experience and wisdom and um, yeah. which is much more you know valuable. Yeah, it's One definitely of- it's definitely since I started doing this it's getting better but I think we still have a, a ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. And um, I think hopefully you know brands and marketers will start to embrace it more and more as we go forward. But I think one one thing that definitely helps is by putting, you know, visuals out there now so they can say, wow, that woman is, you know, 
65. She looks pretty good. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what 65 <laughs> looks like today. Awesome. You know, right. that's great. And I think, you know, the other thing is, is I think marketers and advertisers need to understand that I think there's a little bit of a hangover from, you know, the Mad Men days where, you know, at 49, you, you pretty much were locked and loaded in terms of your brand loyalty. You know, if you were a user of Crest toothpaste, you weren't switching, you know, at 55 to a new toothpaste. But that's not the case anymore because there's so many new, better products out there. And this woman is really uh, open to trying new things that will make her feel better and look better. So, um, you know, I think marketers are starting to understand that that this is, you know, they can't assume that these people are going to, they're going to retain these, you know, these um, customers um, and these cohorts and that they, they really need to think about, you know, think about that and the fact that they're very open to making change right now. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to Susan Feldman, the founder of In the Groove. Um, Susan, real quick, one of the things I struggle with, I wonder how you're managing it, is with my interest in always wanting to be in the know and and Mm -hmm. up on current events and just Mm -hmm. curious, um, how do you manage the stress and worry that comes from (laughs) what we see and read every day, all day long, right? Oh, God, that's a a great question. I don't know. I think I just, I have, I, I believe that we're better than what's happening now and that, you know, we live in a, a world where we do have a voice and we can hopefully make change. So make sure you vote. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Please, that... everybody vote. I don't care which way, but vote on November 3rd. It's so important. I think more important than ever, you know, in terms of what's going on. Yeah. Um, Listen, we're going to go into our last break. Stay with us for our watch team, and we will be back with Susan Feldman, founder of In the Groove, a lifestyle brand and community for women who want to defy the rules, age limits, and expectations that society has placed on all of us. We'll be right back. Now the women to watch, Legal Watch. This is Nicole Hipner at Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. I participated in a panel for the ACG Private Equity Summit on Thursday, and through those discussions, I learned several things, not the least of which is that I'm not alone in having added urban chickens to my family during COVID-19 pandemic and ensuing quarantine period. I also learned that my clients aren't the only ones jumping into the deal market right now with both feet. Last week, the SBA released guidance on how to sell a company without the previously required SBA approval, even if you have an outstanding PPP loan. The rules hinge on the forgiveness application and an escrow of the money to cover the outstanding amount in the event the PPP loan isn't forgiven for some reason. There are other considerations for folks looking to buy or sell companies right now. The relevant protections depend on whether you're a buyer or a seller in this market. Pandemic considerations when analyzing contract breach are also coming to the forefront, just like terrorism considerations did after 9-11. One thing is clear, you need partners on your team that are knowledgeable and understand the new considerations and rules. That's where we come in. I'm Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar for your Legal Watch, and I'm here to help. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manzo of Pathways Consulting Group. Stop your fears of automation in the workplace. It's not replacing jobs, and here's why. Technology is changing the speed in which companies produce work. 
Have you noticed your workload has increased and not decreased? The reason, for companies to keep up with competitors, they have to constantly get innovative and market new things. Those things can potentially add more to your plate. Organizing all the things you have to do is hard, and keeping all your tasks in one place could only help. And by automating the repeatable things you work on every day, it could give you the time you need to complete all the other things you have to do. So where did your job go? Right where you found it. Only difference is that through automation, you're able to be more efficient and your manager thinks you're a superstar. Reporting on your team's activities and tasks gets easier too. With automation reporting tools, you can spend more time analyzing what the reports are telling you and focus on recommendations for organizational improvements. The introduction of these new automated technologies can be scary because it's change, but if you embrace the change and see the benefits, you'll find that life at work can get easier and more efficient. At Pathways, we implement ServiceNow, which is a cloud-based platform that automates HR, IT, customer service, and so many other types of tasks, even tasks that go across departments. Through our adoption training, Pathways helps employees embrace the change automation brings by helping them learn the new ways to get their work done. If you're not at your desk and on the go, most automation platforms can go anywhere you go with mobile access. So if your role is to manage customer service, but meetings keep you away from your desk, no problem. Alerts can be sent to your phone, and you can manage things just like you would if you were at your desk, never missing a beat. Automation can provide a multitude of benefits to any organization and to you. Leverage and embrace the change that automation brings to the workplace. Your day will become substantially improved and efficient. For more information, contact me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm talking to Susan Feldman, the founder of In the Groove. Um, you know, Susan, I can't interview anyone in these days without asking about COVID and, you know, how you're dealing with it, how you're managing your day to day. And really, I guess any advice um, as someone who's running their own company, what have you found to be useful and working um, with the, you know, the, the way we have to live today? Very uncertain. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's been definitely up and down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot longer than we thought it was going to be. But I think at the end of the day, um, I mean, the advice that I would give anybody is kind of the way I was doing things even before, which is uh, I think it's important to, you know, keep perspective, find time for yourself, make sure you're eating well, exercising. There's so many great exercise things going on now that you can do digitally. And I just think all that helps you stay sane. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, too, you know, the, we were talking about sense of humor at the top of the show. I think it's so important, right, to not take ourselves and things around us so seriously. Um, yeah. Because otherwise you just get stuck there in that place. 
Yeah, you have to keep your sense of humor for sure. You really do. Um, yeah, definitely. One of the things you do in your spare time is, um, you know, you're a strategic advisor for, for small businesses, perhaps mm-hmm. that are um, looking to get started. And I think a lot of our listeners are women who are, you know, contemplating that second act. You know, what? I'll ask it this way. What would you say are the top three things to focus on for a woman who is looking to do that and help her not kind of get distracted by um, everyone who's going to tell her how to do it? Oh, oh, you mean somebody who's trying to start their own business? Yes, right. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, like, first of all, I think if you're going to do, you know, if you have an idea and you want to start a business, by the way, this probably is a great time to start a business. I don't know which kind of business. I've been thinking about it a lot. I mean, you know, as I mentioned before, One King's Lane was started at the height of the 2009 recession. So there's always opportunities, I think, in tough times for new ideas and, you know, to do things differently. So, like, think about that. That's definitely uh, something to take to heart. Uh, But I think if you do come up with an idea, you know, I think you do have to I guess test it. It doesn't mean you have to go out and talk to a million people to make sure it's a good idea, but, you know, do enough sort of testing the waters to, you know, make sure you feel good about it and that you're not just doing something for the sake of doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing is when you're starting something, it's really important. You can have a greater, bigger vision, but start small and simple, uh, so that you can move quickly and change. I mean, that's the beauty of starting a business in today's world is that, uh, you know, if you put something out there and you're not so crazy about it, you can change it. You can make changes really easily to things, which is great. But that's why I say start small and don't, you know, put everything out there all at once. Build on your successes. That's great advice. Um, one of the things I was curious about your site is um, – what section of In the Groove seems to be getting the most hits or attention? In other words, where, what, what do you see women being most interested in mm. these days? Because you have, you know, multiple different um, topics. Yeah, I mean, we threw out a pretty large net initially. I mean, I think this is a good example how you can, you know, modify what you're doing initially as far as all lifestyle And what she told us, at least our audience, is that she really loved the fashion and the beauty and wellness. And so that's where the majority of our focus is. I mean, we do profile women and things like that, but fashion for sure is number one. Um, And then, you know, we do things like, speaking of sense of humor, where there's a section on the site called the menopause registry, which are things that we think you might need as you're going through menopause. So, you know, that's been fun and people seem to like that. And it's just, uh, you know, we, we do some serious things and some fun things in there. Yeah, which is great. And, you know, the health and wellness, I think, and again, sometimes I think when I recognize things at my age now, it's just because I am older. But, you know, I have a millennial daughter and, and they all seem to be seeking health and wellness. There's more of a focus today on self-care than yeah. I think when we were growing up. Nobody really oh, talked sure. about that. Our generation is kind of uh, definitely demonstrates that. I mean, we I think we look better, we're in better shape, uh, you know, than any other generation, you know, before us. So, uh, and I think we're constantly looking for more 
you know, things that we can do to feel better and look better. So, yeah, I think it's definitely important. And, you know, fashion is, is a part of that, right? Um, you know, it's uh, your body may change as you go through menopause. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, give up looking good. <laughs> Even though it has a way of, you know, uh, depleting us of things, uh, perhaps that we had before, but you know, there's so much out there today to kind of combat it's, it's that. It's all about change, right? It's all yes. dealing with the change yes. and how, how how you approach it. Yeah. Tell me about. I want to talk about your daughters for a few minutes. You mm-hmm. know, tell me what opportunities do you see today for your daughters that perhaps were different from again from when we were growing up, and what do you hope? for them um, mm-hmm. as far as where the where the world is headed yeah well I just hope they they have a safe world to live in <laughs> a safe and healthy world first and foremost um, yeah I mean you know I think I, I love watching what they're doing I'm inspired by them um, I think that you know like we were talking about before they know what they want and what they don't want and they're really clear about that uh, but they're savvy and they're you know really well informed and they you know the the way i think this generation consumes information is fantastic um and i think that's 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 awesome uh also but i think that they have a much better perspective on self-care too i mean that's kind of what you were talking about before which i i love like they 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 find time for themselves which i think is really important yeah, gone are the days of, you know, just get the job nine to five and um, yeah. work, 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 work until you retire and then that's the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I were to ask you, Susan, what are the joys of aging? What would you say? I think just aging is joyful. I mean, it's a privilege, right? I mean, that that is, uh, I mean, I think it is really a gift and a privilege to be able to to get older, and I think we need to celebrate that. And I think with that comes a lot of wonderful things, like it might just be slowing down a little bit, you know, or doing things that you've sort of dreamt about doing that you might not have had time for before. So there, I think there's so many wonderful things about aging, and I think the beauty is is that, like, you know, again, unlike any generation before us, our lifespan is going to be way longer, you know, the average lifespan than it was for the generation before us. And so I think the opportunities are kind of endless for the second half of our life. Mm. And I love that expression, second half, right? So, so as I think, you know, the 50s are, are the beginning Exactly. The beginning That's of the, the second thing. half. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I mean, it used to be looked at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's the beginning. I say that all the time. Um, right. One of the things, you know, throughout throughout our lives, we're always kind of growing, developing, learning, um, both personally and professionally. Is there a, um, if I were to ask you, what's your proudest personal accomplishment? What would you say? Of my family. It would be my family. It's, you yeah. know, my kids and my family, my the whole family. That, that's that's I'm the most proud of that and them. 
And anything that you, you know, um, anything that was challenging for you personally that you have overcome yourself that was kind of, you know, a liberating moment? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I was married and divorced and I was a single mom for five years and, you know, that's not easy and I feel for anybody going through that, it's, it's a lot uh, to, to manage. And I had a, you know, full-blown, I mean, I was, had a very big career, you know, at that time, so it was, it was a lot to, lot to juggle, for sure. Right. Um, but I think I came out of that with a very different perspective on a, on a lot of different things, uh, all to the better, which I think enabled me to, as an example, start, you know, I was 53 when I started One King's Lane. So... Um, I think the opportunities are endless. That's amazing, really. And and here you are, and uh, you know, again, starting something new, um, even later. Yeah, I started uh, getting the groove. Started at sixty three, so I'm sixty five now. Yeah, that's awesome, and that's a great, great example for your daughters, so that they're I, not I thinking so. right as they age. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's almost over. <laughs> No, yeah. it's only beginning. Um, tell me, are, is there any new and exciting finds that you can share with our listeners um, from your site? Because I know that you're always, you know, as you said, curating and, and trying to mm-hmm. find things for women. Um, I mean, I think we, uh, we we change the site really frequently in terms of the merchandise that's on there. I think one of the really interesting things that's happening right now that we just did a story on a few weeks ago about is around menopause. So, like, when we started Get in the Groove, uh, you know, people hardly speaking about menopause. There weren't really great places to go. And now we did a roundup story about how there are all these telemedicine companies popping up that are focused, like, just on menopause and that you can, you know, you pay a fee, but you get time with a doctor and you can have somebody who can sit and actually spend time and talk to you about whatever you're going through and perhaps prescribe certain things that may help you navigate whatever symptoms you're having. Um, I think that's kind of remarkable. It um, is, yeah. And really so awesome to see that people are doing that. So yeah. I think that's, you know, from a wellness standpoint, that's that's new. But from a, uh, you know, fashion and beauty standpoint, we always have lots of new things all the time, every week on this site. So there's not just like one thing where we spend hours, you know, really um, combing the internet and looking for great things. And it's such an escapism, uh, I think, for us, um, as, as we said, before we even started the interview, talking about you wake up every day and you're almost kind of on the edge of your seat, wondering what's going to uh, be in the news today that might derail <laughs> our plans. <laughs> yeah. Right? You just never know. I never used to do that. I never used to wake up and look immediately at the news, but now I do because I'm like, what happened overnight? <laughs> I know. It's very hard. I think, you know, we probably share that curiosity uh, piece. And I'm always um, admiring people who have no desire to, to know what's happening in the world around them. They're just going about their day and they, they seem very free and light. Yeah. Maybe, that's, <laughs> maybe they know something we don't know. 
<laughs> Maybe they do. Well, listen, Susan, I'm so grateful for your time this evening. I, I know how busy you are, and I thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's a thank great, great, yeah, great lesson, and it's never too late. Never too late. Never, ever. Now, the women to watch Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. The leaves are falling. Time to get a flu vaccine. The Center for Disease Control recommends a yearly flu vaccine as the most important step in protecting against the flu and its potentially serious complications. Last year, fewer than half of Americans got the vaccine. The result? Over 400,000 in the hospital and somewhere between 25 and 60,000 deaths. It starts in the fall and can last into May. The CDC recommends that everyone six months of age and older get the flu vaccine before the end of October. This very contagious respiratory illness is caused by viruses called influenza. Runny nose, cough with muscle aches, headache, usually a fever, but not always. Symptoms can be mild or severe and can cause death. The most common complication, pneumonia, but can also affect your heart, muscles, or nervous system. High risk for serious cases, children under five, especially under two, or adults over 65. Weak immune system with HIV or chemotherapy, asthma, diabetes, obesity, pregnant women. Spread? Let's hope we've learned from COVID. When people with flu cough, sneeze, or talk, they make tiny droplets that land in the mouths or noses of people within six feet. Or you might touch a surface with flu virus on it and touch your own face. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart for flu and COVID. Throw away your dirty tissues. Surface proteins on the virus can change, then the virus can mutate. This means you can get the flu a second time in one season. This is the main reason why the CDC and World Health Organization update the vaccine each year to keep up with the ever-changing viruses. There are antiviral drugs like Tamiflu and others, which can help shorten duration and severity of symptoms, best if taken in the first 24 to 30 hours, but not likely to help after 48 hours. So don't delay. If you have symptoms, call your doctor. So divas, do what you can do to stop the flu. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now, Women on the Fly. I'm with Susan Feldman, founder of In the Groove for our Women on the Fly rapid fire questions. So Susan, tell me, how do you start your day? I work out. If you were not doing this, what would you be doing? Well, I'd like to be traveling, but uh, if, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be back in school taking a class of some sort, probably some sort of a photography class. Great. Daily mantra. Uh, keep it simple. How about your favorite book? Uh, don't have one favorite book. I just there's so many different great books out there. So I, I I like to read lots of different things. So not one favorite. Where are you typically when inspiration strikes? I could be anywhere. I mean, honestly, I think I'm a big observer of what's going on around me. So wherever I am, I'm always looking for inspiration. How about a place you've traveled to that you want to go back? Uh, New Zealand. Tell me how you unwind. Uh, I unwind usually with a glass of wine. 
What is your definition of feminism? Um, feminism is speaking up uh, for women and doing what's right for us. How about three words that describe you? Uh, creative, uh, resilient, and nice. What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, just keep keep going. Don't stop. Favorite genre of music? Oh, I I love music. I love Motown. Motown. Oh, that's great. Last question: If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing in the world today, what would it be? Only one. Only one. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I, I don't think I can come up with just one. There's so many things. Uh, I think if I could wave the magic wand, I would wish that there wasn't such discourse amongst people. People could at least talk to each other, even with different opinions. There you go. That's a good one for today's world. Yeah. Thanks, Susan. That's it for Women on the Fly. Next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. This week, I listened to a live webinar with the Dean of the University of Southern California, my alma mater, and Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks football team. And Coach Carroll spoke not about the game, but about leadership on the team. He talked about how to overcome setbacks, how to deal with your failures, He was fascinating to listen to because his message was simple yet so effective. Always believe in who you are. Sometimes I think we forget that the key ingredient that gets us through is believing in who you are. And this was like music to my ears. His thinking about leadership mindset completely jive with mine, in which he says the most important core makeup of your mentality is to be able to operate with the absence of fear. This requires living in the present moment more often. In that moment, you are not thinking about losing or who's judging you or if you're good enough, but you're thinking about what needs to get done. You want that sense of achievement, so you use fear of failing as the motivator. I'm teaching this very thing to one of my clients right now. Her natural reaction is to jump into the future scenario of what might happen or what might something someone say. It's partly an excuse not to have to deal with the hard decision or action in front of her and partly because she doesn't want to look bad, which is operating from fear. You need to be calm in the present moment. The mind has to remain calm if you're going to compete and deliver your best performance. And being calm allows you that most crucial skill to happen, which is being able to focus. And last, you need to have grit if you're going to get it done. Can you be bigger than you? Meaning you're really driven to prove something despite your pay, your position, and your title. Drop me an email and tell me what mindset you're operating from. I want to help. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. You can find Susan and In the Groove at getinthegroove.com. 
Thank you so much, as always, to our watch team and our sponsors for their continued support. And to all of you for tuning in. Um, We're continuing to have more and more listeners who are reaching out uh, with feedback and suggestions, and we love that. So be sure to visit us always at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. And I hope everyone has a great and safe week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.